I just don't want to have any regret where it's going to be, I'm so far down the line and I'm like, why didn't you make those changes, right? Hey friends, welcome back to the Black Diamond Podcast. This is your host, Eric Malzone. And this is the show where I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing entrepreneurs, founders, change makers, and people who are just creatively leading the way through innovation. And it's not only about successes and and great stories, because you'll definitely get those, but it's also about the personal challenges and the vulnerability that we face along the way. So this show is brought to you by Level 5 Mentors, helping entrepreneurs and founders achieve the highest levels of freedom in five different categories, time, money, relationships, health, and purpose. And if you want to find out how you're doing in those five categories, we got you covered. We got a survey for that. Just go to level5mentors.com forward slash survey. And you can take the free entrepreneurial survey and see how you're doing in each category and see where you have room for improvement because, hey, we can always be improving. So welcome to the show. Let's get on to it. Mark Samuel, welcome. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. So I feel compelled to give uh, an interesting introduction to you because we've actually known each other for uh, over a decade now. And our original interaction started in a CrossFit gym at Lillane Fitness back in 2008-ish. And we were just chatting before this recording about, I distinctly remember one of my first like CrossFit style mini competition things that I did. And it was some brutal workout involving burpees and heavy deadlifts. And uh, man, you were, and probably still are a stud in the gym. I mean, I was, it was inspiring to watch you crush that workout. I was watching like, Hey, maybe someday I'll be one of the big boys, you know, in this CrossFit world. And uh, ever since then, you know, you've, uh, I've been following you on LinkedIn. You've been on my other podcast, the future of fitness, I think at least once, maybe twice. I don't know. But every time I talk to you, I walk away feeling energized and I've been seeing the stuff you've been doing on LinkedIn and the new podcast that you're doing with Let's Eat. And man, you're just, you just seem to be on fire, brother. You just seem to be on fire all the time. So I'm excited to have you on. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate that. Yeah. I remember that workout, dude. I'm, I think my back still hurts from it. So I have to, you know, now that I'm, now I'm old and creaky, dude, I definitely still get my, uh, get my workouts in, uh, six days a week, but definitely am not throwing around the weights the way that, uh, we used to. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm all about uh, minimal effective dose. That's kind of how I live my life now with, yep. with just about everything. So yeah, man. So give us your you know, I won organics. Give us your, your entrepreneurial backstory. How'd you get to be where you are with I won? And, and we'll get into what the business is and, and all that, but give us some of your backstory, man. How'd you get into this crazy world of entrepreneurship? Yeah. I mean, I'm now, I turned 41 this, uh, couple months ago or when is it? Or a couple months ago. Um, I guess I've been doing this now coming up on 20 years, 19 years. I've been doing my own thing for 19 years. And even before that, of course, we all have those stories. Anybody who's, who's had their own businesses or starts their own businesses and, and continues to usually has a story that that's before that, you know, back in middle school and high school and doing different things and figuring out how to buy something and sell it for, for more than you bought it for. I guess that's the theme. Um, but it started out with, you know, real estate finance and then uh, I had done that with a couple different ventures and then it morphed into 
inventing a few housewares products. And uh, I got into the cannabis business for, for a minute. This was early. Uh, this is before what it is now. We were, for instance, one of the first to hold a, a license uh, in San Francisco. And then got into uh, the health and wellness arena. The last few ventures that I've started were in that space. I'm a big, big health and wellness enthusiast. Love fitness, love uh, eating a certain way, subscribe to that lifestyle. So it, it kind of all came to, you know, came, came collectively to where I am now uh, in that we started uh, I One Organics a few years ago. It's a, I call it a health and wellness platform. We are you know, innovating and making uh, plant-based snacks made from green peas, uh, brown rice, and navy beans, which make up a, a healthy, balanced nutritional profile. And uh, the winning combination with that is the fact that we are a flavor-infused company. We love bold-tasting flavors. Mm -hmm. And so it makes uh, for a really great combination as our Snacks are not only nutritious, but they are delicious. Uh, so that's where we're at today. We're, uh, we're, we're doing some really cool things uh, with, with this platform, and we have a really long way to go, uh, but we're excited about it. And this is something that I, I really want to lean into um, for the for foreseeable future. Yeah, man. I love it. And it's interesting, I mean, that the timing of this interview, my really since uh, – COVID lockdown. So just for reference, everyone knows today's recording date is August 12, 2020, because August 13th, who knows, God, what's going to happen. But since this lockdown thing, my wife started going more plant-based and effectively I started going more plant-based in my diet, right? So I probably cut down my total protein, animal protein by about 80%. You know what, Mark? I feel freaking great. Mm -hmm. uh, I really do. I, I thought as you you know, you've been an athlete and into fitness for a very long time. As have I, I always thought I had to eat a ton of protein, man, a lot of animal protein. And, uh, I can't imagine that this movement is going to slow down. Right. I mean, it's fueled by so many different things from the economics of plant-based to, um, the ethics of plant-based, which, you know, whatever, we don't have to negotiate that at all. I think it's obvious that there's something there. And, all the different things. I can't imagine the plant-based movement slowing down anytime soon. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I made, I still eat meat and I, I can't imagine myself not. Um, I definitely understand both sides ethically, sustainability and, 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 and respect both sides. That's what's important. I just had two beef sticks, chomps beef sticks, which by the way are delicious. Um, <laughs> I'm a big protein eater. I have been for, for many, many years. And I will say that we chose plant-based ingredients because of the way that I was transitioning the lifestyle to, to being a little bit more um, accepting of that, I'd say five, six years ago. For instance, instead of my whey-based protein shake in the morning, I started moving over to plant-based and have ever since. And I'm with you. I definitely feel uh, better. I I'm not saying, but, you know, by a huge margin per se, but I just felt better potentially, you know, physically, but I think also just knowing that I was taking in more plants made me emotionally feel better, which is always important too. 
And so that balance uh, of starting to give into more of the plant-based proteins was important to me. And I knew that that was going to be the foundation of I1 Organic. So that's why we chose those ingredients uh, as, as really what, what we were going to set the course with the uh, brand. Yeah. You know, my, my experience so far with being more plant-based is that I've always had digestive issues, right? Mm-hmm. GI issues. And most of it actually started through heavy CrossFit training, stress of being a business owner and entrepreneur, all those things combined really kind of messed me up for a good amount of time. And once I started switching and just giving myself, you know, it's also a combination of intermittent fasting and a bunch of other things that I do for my health, but making that switch just seemed to make everything flow better. And I think it's just more fiber, less time your gut has to spend digesting heavy proteins and fats. And, you know, I, I just, what I found too, is like when I do eat animal protein, I just eat higher quality stuff because I'm not buying it on mass. And uh, that's, that's a big advantage of it too. So the origin of, of I1 Organics, give me, bring me back to the day. When did you have that aha moment? And be like, okay, I'm all in, I'm doing this. Uh, it was in 2015. Hmm. I noticed that there was a void in the savory protein snacking category. And I would say that I wasn't certain it needed to be high in protein, whereas there's a huge market with on-the-go products like bars, you know, that reach anywhere from 15 to 20% per, excuse me, 15 to 20 grams per per serving. I just wasn't sure that sure that's what it needed to be, but it, there was a protein element to it and it needed to be on the savory side. And so I thought chips, of course, was first. Everybody loves chips. And it just so happens that when I started to do the development, Quest had launched their first iteration of a protein chip. And I thought, ah, missed the boat on that one. But I had I had continued to sort of stay the course in developing it. And we all started to, you could go back in history and see it, see the feedback that they were getting from their first product. And it wasn't good. You know, and social media was, you know, was humming at the time, just like it is today. So the feedback was there. You could visibly see it. So I thought, oh, that's a great time to to continue on this course. And let's see if we can get something out there that was better. And that's, that's really how it, how it, sort of started 2016 we launched our first iteration of a protein chip and you know it, it it wasn't much better looking back at it and that's why we've made some similar iterations since then we've made iterations to what was originally the chip and then we've since uh, left the chip behind and gone into our two uh, main snack products which are extremely successful, which is our, our puffs and our sticks line. How did you go to market, man? I mean, I, I know you, I know you, this term hustle, hustler always kind of rubs me two ways, but, but you do, man, you work really hard, right? And you're out there and you're pitching, but give me the, did you have a go to market strategy or was, was the go to market strategy Mark? <laughs> That's a good one. No, it's, it's never me. I I'm lucky and, and blessed to always have people around me who, who believe in, in, in the vision that I'm, I'm putting out there and believe in, in where I want to go with something. I would say early on in any business, the founder needs to be the driver of all things. I mean, they really should even, even later, um, but, but early just to get it off the ground, you need to have enough grit to get you to where it is that you're asking, which is how do you even get it to market? And that was number one is I found a, 
a co-packer at the time who was willing to do what it is that I needed. What, what people don't recognize most of the time, even if you are a sizable company, in, in our arena, CPG, uh, of food and beverage, to go into a co-packer and have them do not only some R&D, but even run small runs for you is very difficult. Uh, you know, they're in the business to make money and they're in the business of volume. So that's one thing that I would, would say that I'm good at, which is I can, I can sell a dream, that's for sure. Mm. And on the flip side of that, as a co-packer or anyone who wants to partner with a, with a new brand, they do want to be in early. Uh, if they're the ones who are helping you early and, and you are, you know, you are going to make good on what you said, they're going to reap the benefits later. And that, that's something that you have to be, you know, all in on when you're, when you're telling the story. So found a co-packer, got some iterations done, did some R and D. The main thing with that happening is me educating myself. I need to understand what does it look like in these factories? How are they producing? What are they producing with? Why do certain things work and some things don't, you know, then moving over to the, you know, everything, even to the bagging side, you know, how do these machines work? How many, how many can they get out per minute? Why, you know, what are the efficiencies with it? And so there's, it was getting that done, putting the marketing around it, putting the branding around it, um, which we've developed on since then, of course, too. But, uh, and then finding who's going to buy it first, you know, how are we going to get this into market and get a good test? And we were, we were lucky enough again, because I was in the health and and well in the space before this with a different brand, I did have some contacts and we were able to get a national launch with vitamin shop at the time. And that's a, that's a massive first, first launch for any brand wow. um, to get a true test. So that, that's what we landed first. And, and we went from there. Right on. Man. Um, man, so many questions. First of all, what is a co-packer for those of us who are uninitiated? What does that mean? A co-packer is a manufacturer. So okay. it's, it's somebody who is going to, um, make the product for you. And in most cases, they'll make it, they'll bag it, and they'll have it all ready for you to sell it. So you're just picking it up and getting it out to, to wherever it is that you plan on selling the product. This is, this is going to be a random statement, but I think it's, it's, it's entertaining, at least to me, is that I presume you watch Shark Tank, right? Mm-hmm. I always think of what would happen not always, but occasionally when I see a food product come on or anything that's plant-based or anything like that, I'm always wondering, like, why is Mark Samuel not on this show? And how fast would they jump on his product? You ever thought about being on that show? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, the answer is I've had the opportunity. I'll leave it to you this way. I've had the opportunity and it just didn't work. And I'll leave it to you like that. Okay. When you, this is gonna, I'm going to ask you another fun question. When you imagine yourself on Shark Tank, do you think of yourself as the investor or the pitch? Oh, wouldn't that be cool if you're the investor? I, th- I think the show is, is awesome. I, I actually like all of the personalities on the show. What people don't, don't or may not understand is it, it is a television show. It's for entertainment. Uh, a lot of people don't recognize that most of the deals um, at least from what I understand, I'll, I'll, I'll caveat with that, from what I understand and I have heard before, do not actually close. There's a lot of what happens on, on screen. And then afterwards, what you have to remember is the actual deal starts being put together. 
That means lawyers are involved. That means you need to break out the actual financials of your company that you're making statements on, you know, on air. Um, and for the most part, deals uh, aren't actually being done post-show. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's got to be a ton of due diligence, right? While they're throwing these numbers around. I mean, yes. people don't really, they're kind of making things up as they go, which is totally understandable. You put under pressure, you're probably just going to make some things just slip out of your mouth that you wish you hadn't said. But yeah, that's... Uh, I, I used to think of myself as the pitch and then I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to start envisioning myself as the actual investor because that's where I want to be anyway. It sounds yeah, like. Yeah. It, 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 yes. It would be very cool. I mean, I, um, you know, again, it's, it's a, that in this instance, it's a television show and we all just need to remember that. And even the personalities of each of, you know, each of the sharks, right. It needs to be heightened uh, again, post show, Mark Cuban is not sitting at the table, right, <laughs> to, to uh, do due diligence. And, you know, and, and so again, it, but the concept and the idea and the, and the, the, the dream is, is, is alive and well. And that's what I love. I'm optimistic about that. And I think it, it, it brings joy to people. I know it's, a, you know, it's a successful show. I do. I watch it, right? I'm a fan because I'm a fan of, of optimism and, and just happiness. So. Yeah. So on the intake form for the show, let's dive in that. And you, you know, I asked what I think I asked and there's something about what, what is your personal definition of, of success? And you said happiness, man, dive into that. What is, what does happiness look like for you? A good question. Um, you know, I see it also on LinkedIn and this is from, these are from people who have had financial success before. Um, these are people who are looked to as leaders. Some of the things that I've read or seen before, I, I agree with and some I don't. I think there's some false hope out there about certain things. And I also think that we don't discuss enough around the topic of, of happiness or what success really means. Hmm. And, and I'll, I'll state everybody, this is, this is a personal thing. So when I talk, I'm talking specifically about me, but what I've noticed, at least for me being on LinkedIn and telling a story, an honest one, is that there are a lot more people like me than not, right? And, you know, I've dealt with certain things. I've dealt with depression and, and, and um, OCD and, and things that are real and raw, right? Um, you know, I've gone through, I've had, I've, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind telling this because this is a real story. You know, I, I've been divorced. Like I have two young kids. They live with me They're, I have real shit going on. You know what I mean? Yep. And I don't, I don't fluff it. And, and that's because I believe part of my why, my W H Y is to help. It could be one person. It could be a thousand. If it, if it strikes a chord and somebody walks away and goes, that, that really helped me today, then, I'm, I, it, then that makes me feel good. So now let me talk about happiness. I think we confuse success too much. I think we confuse the word a bit too much. We often say, wow, that guy's really successful. What does that mean? Like, what does that actually mean? 
it, are you saying that because he sold his company of which, by the way, you don't even know what he got out of it, right? Yep. You, you heard he sold his company. Does he have $10 million in the bank? Is he successful? He may, he or she, right? Or she may have done that and they're, and they are financially successful, but they may be miserable, fucking miserable, right? Yep. And I would be, I, I would go out on a limb and say, that is not success. What success to me is, and I've had to learn this because I've made money, lost money, made money, lost money. Again, part of my story. I've had way more losses than wins, right? And there's no doubt that I want to have a gigantic win with I want organics. No doubt. And I plan to. I'm confident that we are building something, something amazing here, right? However, at the end of it all, what I care about is being happy. If I can sit in my own skin, just sit down and just be content, be okay, be happy in my own skin with money, without money. I, I, I'm, I'll, let me, let me say it. There's no doubt that you, that money helps. Yes. I, I, I hate to flip this and just, you know, that idea that money doesn't buy happiness. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You're pretty close sometimes, but money, but money helps. I won't, I'm not going to disagree with that. Money helps. However, to be truly successful in my view, you need to be happy. You need to internally be happy. That means you can sit down with no social media, no scrolling, no outside forces, the ups, the downs, and arounds, and just be okay. That to me is success. That's great, man. And it's such a tall order nowadays that that moment you talked about, like, I, and I'm, I'm very self-aware of how I am, my different states and that I go through in a given day or in even an hour. Right. And that ability to sit without any, you know, distraction with TV, even music or whatever it is, and just be, and then be content with that moment is it's a tall order nowadays. It's hard for human beings to do, especially in our Western culture. And I think one of the things, one of the reasons I want to ask you and dive into this topic is because I think a lot of people don't, because I ask this question all the time, you know, they don't think about what is my actual perfect personal definition of success. I've keep refining mine over time. And it's simply that I want to live a life that doesn't necessitate vacation, right? That's it. That's my definition. Because to me, that means so many different things. It means I'm enjoying my work. I'm not burning myself out. I don't need to make, you know, schedule time to be with the ones I love that everything just flows, right? It's just one big enjoyable life moment. And, uh, you know, for people, I, I, I step back sometimes and I wonder like how many people know what their end goal is in life. Like what, what do they actually want? And so few people, unfortunately, have that. They're just walking through life aimlessly and just doing one thing after another with no actual direction of, you know, where they, I always use the example of like, hey, when a, 
you know, flight leaves Boston, it's going to San Francisco, knows it's going to San Francisco, it's going to course create, you know, course correct 94% of the time it's in the air, but it knows it's going to San Francisco. But most people don't know where their flight's going. They have no idea where they want to get their flight to go. And that's an interesting thing. And I'm so glad you brought this up because I do believe that entrepreneurs just due to the mental, emotional strain that we have being in business for ourselves and, and, you know, trying to figure it all out and the vast amount of failure that we go through. I think there's a lot of relatability within the entrepreneur community of what you're talking about. Like, yes, money is important. We all want that, but there's such a strong emphasis on it that I think it's misplaced at times. I agree. And I, and for me, that's the scary part. Sometimes I, I get scared thinking about the future And at this point, you know, again, I just turned 41. I feel great, right? You know, I'm I'm actually probably the most healthy I've been in all of my adult life, uh, as far as physically and and mentally. Again, I've gone through some real roller coasters on the emotional side. And that's something that I have to watch and connect with each day. Others who hear this will, will hopefully understand what I mean by that. And I can honestly tell them I'm with you. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this and you hear what I'm saying, I'm you, right? You are me. And with that said, I don't want to get so far down the path and have regret, right? Mm. It's all one of the, one of the things I, I, I very rarely will listen to like Gary Vee, right? Because I think it, you know, what doesn't matter why, right? But he, one thing I think is that he does touch on, which is cool, is about that regret piece. I remember, you know, this is listening to him a long time ago. He was, a, and that is, I just don't want to have any regret where it's going to be, I'm so far down the line and I'm like, why didn't you make those changes, right? You were telling yourself every day, get your shit together, dude, right? Yeah. Like make those changes and that, so I'm, I'm honing in on that. And that also goes for the business side. That's why, again, like with I one, I'm, I, I'm, I'm super focused. I, before this, again, this is probably part of maturity as well and finding a little bit more balance in my life, which is very important is that I'm not looking for other things. I used to kind of like make something, invent something, start something. And then like two years would pass and I'd get bored. And I think I need to do something else. I'm not getting that with this. And that's because it's part of that thing that we just talked about, which is regret. I want to just go all in on this and continue to find the balance in my life so that I can make good on on not only the things that I'm already making changes with, but make sure that 10 years from now, I don't look back and say, you just, you just wasted those 10 years. Uh, so I have, um, I have this framework that I've come up with uh, over the last 20 years probably of how to make what I call BSDs, big scary decisions, right? And I think you'll resonate with this. And there's three questions you ask yourself when you're facing, you know, whatever it is, do I start that business? Do I move to that town? Do I, you know, end this late, whatever it is, right? Whatever these big, scary decisions that we face every day or not every day, but periodically. And number one question is what's the worst thing that could possibly happen, right? Number two is 10 years from now, will I regret not having tried? And number three, what's the tiniest first step? 
And those three things have guided me through a lot of different things from selling my gym to leaving San Francisco to open a gym in Santa Barbara, which was, you know, a town I'd never been to, nor, nor did I actually know anybody. All these things and, and you know, from marriage, right, to all of, all of it. I, I use those three questions and I think that regret piece is very powerful because it takes you out of yourself and puts you into your future self and looks at this objectively in a different flight. So I think that's, oof, that's a powerful mental skill, man. It really is. I agree. You, you, you nailed it. And for anybody that is, you know, that's listening, right? They, that it's easy, right? We, we can talk it through and talk about it, but it's hard. Everything in life is hard, right? Yeah. I mean, it is. There's so many things happening. And then, you know, we have, we're, we're dealing with something else now, right? With this, uh, you heard of this thing called COVID that hit? Yeah. You know, that thing. You know, it, life is hard. And we need to, I just re- recently talked about this, actually. I call it check, checking in with yourself, right? I call it a temperature check. And um, where that had spun from was something that I call that had to do with accountability. And I was using this, this term often where I'd say, I'm doing the best that I can, right? I'm doing the best that I can. My fiance, I would, she would, you know, something would be happening and I'd say, I'm doing the best that I can, which by the way, I, I, I also noted how I got that from my therapist, right? Ah, she, nice. she, she'd tell me, you're, but Mark, you're, you know, I'm raising two young kids. I've got now, and they got the COVID thing. I got the business. I got this. And I, uh, but Mark, you're doing the best that you can. But are you? That's what I would say. <laughs> are you? That's what I recently said to myself. You know, Mark, are you? And and that's a powerful dude. It, you know, for any man or woman out there to do a gut check like that. Are you doing the best that you can? Question mark. Look at yourself in the mirror and, and decide, right? And it's no big deal if, you're, if you are super honest with yourself and you can say, hmm, you know what? I need to be a little bit more of a disciplinary with my kids because I suck at that. I'm, su- I'm, by the way, I'm a, like little things like that, right? I'm such a pushover, dude. You know, I'm your typical sales guy. You could sell me anything, right? And so there's, there's, there's those things. It's about checking in. You know, I think that has to do with what you were saying. It is. You got to check in with yourself. And that's, that's kind of what my... What do you do? Uh, do you have a morning routine? You seem like a morning routine guy. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. yeah. I get up. My, my lady and I have time with one another. We call it... Basically, we've just set this up too, where we're, we just have our alone time, right? Mm-hmm. Early. And then the kids come in, right? So that's now been established because they'd come in earlier if they could. The kids lay in bed with us. Then uh, I get go downstairs, have my shake, wait about 30 minutes, have my pre-workout, get into the gym, which is in the garage, and then the day starts. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, I know uh, in, in transparency too, and I'm not I don't ever hold this back, but I've gone through major bouts of depression, really hard times. 2016 was just a brutal year for my wife and I left me uh, really scarred, but lots of therapy, lots of conversations, a lot of, you know, travel and alone time to kind of figure my shit out. And uh, I, I think 
first of all, I, I think if you're an entrepreneur, um, I think you should have a therapist. <laughs> I really do. I, uh, I'm just going to say that boldly and, and unilaterally that, yeah, I think it's, it's a good thing that you have someone to talk to who's not in your immediate circle of friends and family that you can bounce things off of. I and mean, it's been incredibly powerful for me. So I commend you talking about that. And I think it should be talked about more often because I, one thing I do love about this show, Mark, and I think you'll, because we'll talk about your, your show here in a second is the relatability uh, amongst entrepreneurs from other entrepreneurs, right? Like if you get a room of eight entrepreneurs together and, and they start talking and they're like, oh yeah, finally, like someone who gets it. Because I can tell my wife about the thousand ideas I have every day or how I made these connections and how these things are happening. And she'll want to, to understand and like it, um, but she just doesn't. And, uh, and she'll also think like, wow, you know, Eric, he doesn't, he really only looks like he's working six or seven hours, but my mind never stops. Right. And that relatability between entrepreneurs is we all kind of understand each other. And um, I think it's a powerful thing, man. Uh, so let's, let's talk about your show. Let's eat, which is basically broadcast on LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it, dude. I love what you're doing. I've, whenever I, I, it always seems to pop up in my feed. So something's going on with the algorithm, which is great. One of the reasons I decided to reach out to you and, and get you, you know, uh, my podcast again, but tell me about it, man. What do you, what was the impetus for it? Why do you love it? What, what are you doing with it? You know, it's a great question. Um, it actually started almost like a, like a business. It was a void thing. I noticed that smaller it really, for us, it was me or, or I won the brand really couldn't get on the podcasts uh, or interviews in CPG. They were, they were main, the main ones, right? The ones with the audiences, which I respect, were mainly focused on brands that were established and founders that had already had a home run. And I thought, and you know me, I'm still was peppering. I'm like, wait, come on, hook me up, man. Let me get all there. You know, that type of stuff. <laughs> um, and, and they're cool. You know, I, I now know some of these people and, and they're all great people. It's not about that. I just thought, ah, well, then I'm just going to do my own. I'm going to do my own little show. It's going to be very, you know, Mark, meaning, you know, I don't take myself too serious here, right? And I'm going to interview other CPG founders and majority of them will be like startup phase, you know, whether it's the first year or third year, I thought that I could, I could get out, not only get a hold of these people, but I thought it would be cool if I just gave them some questions for 10 or 15 minutes and we put it out there. We all win, right? We all get a few views from it. Um, we get a little bit of, we get a little bit of knowledge from one another. And then the main thing, part of the theme for mine is, I, I don't prep at all. And that of course comes from, and again, it's not to take away from the others that are out there. I've done it. I, I know everything that they're doing on their side. Right. And it didn't necessarily even have to be my experience now, three, four years in the food business, even before that, just operating your know, founding and operating a company all sort of has its same, you know, sort of, sort of mode. Right. So it's fun. I just literally can fire off questions right off the cuff. The only thing I need to know is what are they selling, right? Um, and so it's been cool. We're, 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 tomorrow's our 37th uh, show in like 80 days. Um, I do two per week and I don't plan on stopping. I think it's, and even, even within that, what's been kind of cool is um, 
I do, I've done five bonus episodes within that. And I have a few more scheduled. So that those bonus ones will be a little bit fewer. Those are more, um, those are going to be more specific to um, people who have great value in just the space. And it doesn't just, and I mean, just generically business space, um, maybe have great commentary, uh, maybe are well-known or not. Um, I had Patrick Schwarzenegger on. He was, he was awesome. Uh, And so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just having fun with it, man. And, and I think we're anybody who's on and anybody who watches, I think gets something out of it. And that was the main thing. It, it's great, man. I, I, I love that you're doing it. And uh, I'm very off the cuff. I mean, I've done 600 something interviews now and uh, <laughs> the best ones happen when you don't prepare a ton. And I'm just, I'm looking through your feed right now and I like, dude, you're getting a lot of views. I mean, for, for a totally native organic kind of thing, it, it's, it's, you know, at least a thousand views, it looks like per one. And, um, you know, I, we can talk about, I, the benefits to me of, of podcasting have very little to do with the actual audience numbers. They're important to me. I like them. It's kind of like a, you know, a, a tap on the ego if, if, you know, things are going well, but when it's not, it can also be detrimental. There are a lot of podcast numbers right now that are dropping over the last five months and uh, it's just kind of a universal thing. But anyway, the, the, the learning right? The, uh, the relationships you build, the, the fun you have. I mean, right now is one of the only times in my day where my phone is shut off. Um, I am completely focused on Mark A. Samuel and what he's talking about. Um, you know, besides streaming through your LinkedIn feed at the same time. Uh, you know, it's, it's all about you, man. It's all about the, the conversation we're having. I'm just fully engulfed in, in what you're saying. And it's, it's such a nice respite to have not none of those distractions and just talk to somebody and learn. And yeah, man, I mean, do you feel that too? Do you, do you enjoy that part of it? Yeah. I, I, first off, I like to try, I know what I have, right. We, mm-hmm. if we're, if you're really self-reflective, like you can pull in and when you also have to be honest with yourself, cause there's going to be some nastiness within it too. Right. I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not. And one of the themes which I'm really blessed to, to get out of it is the commentary that I get that nobody sees, which I like. You know, the messages, the direct messages I get. Um, and I don't need to get into specifics, but the, the point is that I, I know that it's helping people, right? Um, because it's not necessarily just about the the commentary of the back and forth it's it's the it's the positivity right Mm -hmm. um it's the it's the thing that i'm trying to create which is just a vibe that we all need right even on days that i don't feel like i have it because i'll be on you know there's some days i have to really pull it out of me man you know like I'm not, I'm not even feeling like I'm down. I'm not, you know, not emotionally there, but I, there's so much going on out there, dude. Right. Yeah. There's so much going on out there. And a lot of it is nasty, man. It's, it's, it's not good. And with the show and just content in general that I'm able to put out, it's, hopefully brightening, brightening up someone's day. 
So that's, that's what I would say is I love what you just said. And dude, like you said, you've been doing so many of these, man. I mean, now, now that I can recall like just how, how long ago you were even started this, you, you're, you just, you're vibing with somebody, right? Yeah. You're, you're totally vibing with somebody and, and it's all love. You know, that's the thing about it. It's all love, man. It's, and somebody listening is getting that they're feeling that. And so what I, what I conclude with is we need more of that. We need more positivity. We need more good vibes. We need people to feel good. We need people to smile, even with their fucking mask on smiling. You know what I mean, man? Yeah, yeah I do. Like, I, I'm, I'm like, like, I'm, I'm, this is like, that's just raw and real, man. We need more of it. And I'll leave you with, you know, what people don't remember is that that is the majority, right? Social media, this, this, this thing we've created, right? The, the, the people touting and yelling just nastiness or de, de, what I call divisiveness, right? The Trump, the Biden, the fuck, the this, the that. Well, fuck it all, dude. <laughs> I don't care, man. Like, that is the minority, right? The majority. It, and the, the problem is that they just have a, a, they have, they have a platform now, right? They have a platform now. And it feels like there's a lot of it. But, but I'll tell you this, the majority of us, they're like us, dude. Yeah. They just want love. Yeah. You know, they want to feel good. Yeah. They want others to do it. And we all agree on most things. And that's, that's the thing about it is it's not as divisive as real life is not as divisive as people portray on social media. And, and you know, I, I look at um, each podcast episode that I do, uh, each interview is a gift. It's a gift. This is a gift to Mark. I'm producing a, you know, a nice piece of content that you'll have that's evergreen forever. This is, you know, this is, this content's never going away. It's going to be here forever. Once it's published, it's a gift to my audience. It's a gift to me because it's a time out of my day where I just get to focus on, you know, like you put it, the good vibes and, and, and helping and giving better information and all that. It's just such a great win. I, I encourage every single one of my, my business coaching clients that comes on board with me. I always have them start a podcast because I'm like, you never know where it's going to go. Um, right now, like I have this weird suspicion that let's eat, you know, this two times a week that you're doing is going to be a surprisingly large success for you in whatever that means. You know, it sounds like it's already successful because it's making you happy. So, um, I don't know. I have a sneaking suspicion that it's, it's, it's something and, uh, it's really cool, man. So I know we're buttoned up against time and I want, I want to respect your, your time, but Mark, give us the goods, man. Where, where do people find you? Um, yeah. Where, where do people go? I really, I, I, what I like now is I send them, um, I, if anybody's on LinkedIn, follow me there would be cool. We can connect there, send me a message, tell me hello. Um, and then for I want organics, we're on LinkedIn, of course, but you know, on social media, we're on uh, Instagram and, and Twitter and TikTok and Facebook. And, and now we're, you know, kicking out a bunch more reels. Reels just popped up for Instagram. We're playing around with that. Um, and iwinorganics.com. We're doing, we've got a, what we, what we love about the platform. And again, I call it a health and wellness because we're, we're putting out snacks made from real foods 
and I know what balanced nutrition can do for someone, right? Um, I, again, because I live that way, I, I'm, I'm not into diets and, and things like that or low to no carb concepts and things. Um, I'm into understanding how foods affect us, right? What does, what does a protein do for us? What do carbs do for us? And why do we need them, right? Why do our kids need them? Um, and so we, we've got, you know, our core snacks right now, but we have a, we have a runway here that's, that's, it's going to showcase, um, something really, really great for the brand over time. Um, and so they can find us online and find me online and, and all the sorts, man. Right on. Well, Mark, thank you. Uh, thank you again. This is, uh, the third time I was, I was looking at it as the third time I got to interview you and it's always... <laughs> It's always an uplifting experience, man. Your authenticity and your honesty and uh, your energy—it's all—it's uh, all good. So thanks Appreciate for coming it. back on. And this time they don't have to see my face, which is even better, dude. Nobody wants to see that, dude. Okay, <laughs> no, nobody wants to see that. It's 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 out of hand. Okay, you're a good-looking man, Mark Stop Samuel. It, dude. Four four out of ten, dude. I'm four out of ten. Okay, on a good day, if the hair's right. Oh, awesome, ladies and gentlemen, Mark A. Samuel. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Eric Malzone. Don't leave yet. I have a few more requests for you. So if you got value out of this podcast, I ask you to do a few things. Number one, go to wherever you're listening, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and go ahead and subscribe to the show. Number two, while you're there, if you feel that we earned it, please leave us a nice review. Number three, share it whether it be social media, email, texting, whatever it may be. I'm sure you know somebody who would get value out of this episode just like you did. So please go ahead and share it. And that's how we get the word out. So it's really valuable and super appreciative. It only takes a minute of your time. Next, if you know of somebody, including yourself, who would be a great guest for the show, please head on over to level5mentors.com, L-E-V-E-L, the number five, mentors.com. Get in touch with me. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, Make an introduction whatever it may be. You can also get me directly in my email, which is eric, E-R-I-C, at level5mentors.com. Lastly, if you just want to chat, you want to find out more, if you want to expand on some ideas, I love hearing from the audience. So go ahead and hit me up on social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You also have my email already. So I love to hear from you. I'm always looking for ways to improve the show and I'm always looking to have great conversations. So don't hesitate to reach out. And once again, thank you for listening to the Black Diamond Podcast and you can expect a lot more from us.